Hey everyone, you're listening to Canned Heat, a show highlighting makers and entrepreneurs in the vintage clothing world. I'm Michael Slater, a vintage reseller based in North Texas, and today I sat down with Aaron Slater of Wayback Kids, a shop she and I started together to specialize in vintage kids' clothes. I'm really excited for you to hear our conversation about the secondhand children's clothing market. But first, I want to talk a little bit about my vision for this podcast. So the idea behind the show is to shed light on folks who are creating something different at the intersection of sustainability and nostalgia. Over the past few years, I've been able to meet hundreds of people who have brands or shops in the vintage space. I want to find those who have a specific area of expertise and do a bit of a deep dive on their niche. I'm really looking forward to watching this idea develop, and I want to thank you for tuning in to our first episode. All right, well, I am here with Erin Slater, who is my wife and who runs our vintage kids clothing <laughs> I <don't> business. I don't run. <laughs> Sorry. <Stop. laughs> I have a feeling you're not going to like hosting me. Uh, well. You're very professional. That I try to be professional, but I'm used to <laughs> our dynamic. So that's <laughs> that's advantageous. So for those who don't know, what is Wayback Kids and how did it come about? So Wayback Kids is our little business. We sell kids vintage clothing and it was inspired by our son, Grayson. Um, When we had him, people started giving us kids clothes that were vintage and I honestly wasn't really into vintage much. I had some Harley tees that I loved, um, but that was about it. But once people started giving me clothes for Grayson, I was just like, this stuff is crazy. And kids clothing is way better than adult clothing. It is true that when we were dating, uh, you were not much into the (laughs) thrifting. (laughs) I remember you saying that you hated uh, the smell of thrift stores and you would never uh, want to come into thrift stores with me. Yeah, I remember in college... Because that's when we met and when we started dating. But you would just go to thrift store after thrift store and you would think that that was a fun date for me and it wasn't. (laughs) It would probably be a fun date for you now. Yeah. But it's because you're into it now. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of feel lucky in a way because when I talk to other vintage sellers, male or female, it's always like, oh yeah, my my partner like hates that I do this or like I wish they were into this in the same way I am. So I think like I do think of it as a blessing that like you found your own niche that you kind of are into. And I think didn't we kind of start way back like thinking that we were going to do more like upcycling and like for some reason we weren't really thinking about selling kids vintage as much as we were like making baby like onesies out of vintage and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think that we just had a lot of adult vintage that wasn't being used or like being sold or listed. And so we just 
had the thought of like we can make rompers and jumpers and stuff out of like adult vintage tees that maybe were considered mids in the adult world but would be really cool as like a kid's piece yeah because i remember we we haven't done that no we haven't but i think it's it's only because like the you know sourcing and then selling not really doing the upcycling i think it's because that's taken off a lot more than we expected so yeah. as a result, we kind of put the the upcycling thing on the back burner because I remember we got a sewing machine and we got like we made some patterns and we were trying to get into sewing and neither of us really are sewing people. No, I'm not a crafty person at all. And I think that's like a big reason why I haven't tried it because like I would love to do it. I think it we like, we can make some really cool stuff for kids, but I just, it doesn't really interest me enough to go out of my way yeah. to learn how to make something. But Yeah. I was just thinking the other day, like, I really wish I could find a passion for sewing and like creating. And, and I, I still hope to, like one day, I hope that we can do that, but it, it's a lot of work and, and it's a definite, it's definitely a, a skill all its own (laughs) and I don't feel like it's one that we've really um you know gotten gotten passionate about so people started bringing us kids clothing um when we found out that we were having a kid and the collection grew and (laughs) we started finding like six-year-old and seven-year-old pieces um yeah I remember like right when I found out I was pregnant uh, Barry from Data Fate at Warren hosted a kids and women's event. And like, yeah, that's really what got me super pumped about kids vintage. Cause like I went in there and, um, we bought from thrift story and we bought from somebody else. Um, cool hand vintage. Yeah. And SL vintage, SL vintage. Yeah. Um, and just like seeing their racks and, like, I was so excited to get close. I didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. Yeah. That's really the event that That's I feel honest, like, yeah. like got me really pumped about it. That's so cool. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing, like, looking back now that we are so plugged into the kids vintage community. It's kind of amazing how, like, there was a kids vintage event back then. And, like, we didn't really even think anything of it. Yeah. But I don't think there's been one since. And we've even had the idea of, of hosting a kids vintage event. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. That was a really cool time. And that was an eye opener, I think, for both of us because we saw like, oh, this is a thing. <laughs> like we could do this. And um, even I mean, I don't even think we were really looking at selling at that point. But it was just like, oh, we could like start collecting this stuff for our kids. Yeah. I mean, even then I wasn't planning on selling I still wasn't like fully into it I don't think I think like once COVID hit and I was staying home with Grayson and we were just trying to figure out what we could do and so we looked over at our stack of kids vintage and was like well let's try it it's interesting how COVID was really a propeller for so many people like um the virtual flea like kind of ramped up during that time. And, um, 
a bunch of events started being created. People were starting vintage pages in droves <laughs> and us included. I mean, like you said, we were kind of at home in lockdown with our son and we were just thinking like, what can we do to kind of do more? Because we had the adult page Slater Thrifts going and you were helping with that. But it was like, what what else is there that you can do that like you might be able to latch on to and start working on? And then we started doing lives on the kids page. So talk about the lives and how they started, what we've been up to and where we plan on going with them. Yeah. So I go live um, every Tuesday evening on Instagram to sell kids vintage, um, which we actually started just going live, just the two of us, Mm -hmm. um, which I was shocked when I looked back and we started going live like really early on to like creating the page. Yeah. Well, during COVID, it was during the lockdowns, it was a lot of lives anyway. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we just started just us. And then um, I really wanted to get other resellers involved, uh, which was harder and still is yeah. <laughs> pretty hard um, to get other sellers to like want to do it. So when we first started, the kids vintage sellers, a lot of them hadn't even seen what going live meant. Yeah, and I mean, that's a big reason why I wanted to start the lives too, is just to build that community in the kids' vintage world and also um, just to kind of give everybody another, or like show another outlet um, of a way of like getting money in and saving time. And um, I just, I wanted to start going live with other resellers because I wanted to help promote other pages. Um, I guess my vision for it is to just be resourceful. I want, Mm -hmm. I want to be there to help other people. I want to help our customers learn more about vintage. I want to help other resellers know more about vintage. Um, I feel like there's such a competitive atmosphere over reselling and, I just don't think it has to be. I think there's plenty to go around. Um, Absolutely. And I just, I kind of want to bring the community together. Like, I love going live one-on-one with somebody. Um, I feel like that gives us more time to kind of pause and like talk about vintage or even like dive into, you know, personal conversation just to get to know each other. But I also really love doing open lives because that's like more rapid and we get more people in. And I feel like that is just such a fun way to bring the community together. And yeah. So you've talked about, um, a a live sale, which we call claim sale Tuesday, which is kind of like the first iteration of it. And then you've also mentioned an open live. So for those who don't know, a typical claim sale would just be like you and one other person live yeah. the entire time. Yeah, I usually try to find a, one other vintage reseller to go live with me. And if I can't find anybody, it's just little me. <laughs> um, yeah. I usually make you do it with me. <laughs> right. If I'm well, by it myself, does. It, do, it is kind of awkward just talking to a camera by yourself. It's Yeah, it's I love thing. it though. I. I think that's my favorite part about the lives is getting to like read comments and talk. But yeah, yeah, so Claim Sale Tuesday is just 
I go live with one other reseller and we show about 25 to 30 pieces of vintage and you can claim it right there on the live. Right. So claim sale Tuesday in the typical fashion is you going live with one other reseller and then you also have uh, every once in a while you do the open live, which is um, a chance for a bunch of different resellers to pop in throughout the night and show stuff in kind of a, a shorter format. Yeah, open lives, um, they, so I let anybody request to come on the live um, and sell kids vintage. Each reseller gets 20 minutes max, um, which I feel like that's a good amount of time. Yeah, it's really, it's way longer than it seems. Usually a typical open live lasts three hours. I've had one go for four hours. Um, People could just get really excited about it. And it's a good outlet too for adult resellers. I know a lot of adult resellers just have kids vintage sitting around because they don't want to leave it. And so that's like the biggest reason I do an open live is for them to have a way to sell kids vintage to an audience that's looking for kids vintage when they don't really have the following for that. I, I like that the open lives have been an opportunity for really any type of vintage clothing uh, picker to kind of hop in and show what they have, even if it's only a few things and then they hop in and hop out. Yeah. We had one guy um, or one group of guys who came in and like showed one piece. Oh yeah. And they did an auction. <laughs> they like ran the auction on it and uh, just dipped out. And that was like so fun. That's one thing with Wayback kids that I'm really proud of that we've done is kind of moving into that space as a kid's vintage page. We're certainly not the only ones that are doing it, but when we started, uh, there certainly weren't a lot of lives, you know, kind of created for that audience. And I think that's been the single uh, best way for us to connect with our our customer base. Um, We've built up Mm -hmm. a lot of regular customers through that. Yeah. And I, cool, because I think it's so important to show your face. Yes. With your business. Like, People want to know who they're supporting. Um, and so I feel like the lives have helped people like get to know us. Um, but it's also just really connected us with so many different resellers that right. we probably wouldn't have connected with. Um, so I think that's been really cool too, forming lots of inter- internet relationships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've even met our internet friends in person. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool. Yeah, and it's been it's been a really cool space for me personally. I think like moving to Texas and where I'm a thousand miles away from my closest friends, and right. um, so I think that Wayback Kids came at a really good time. Um, it's been a good little outlet for me personally to kind of take some time and focus on something different rather than focusing on hard times. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does. You mentioned showing your face and I think that that was probably the best advice that I ever got as a vintage reseller. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Raphael from 817 Vintage Hype, shout out, uh, <laughs> was the first person to tell me that. And 
like I knew it in my brain because I I have a background in social media marketing, but for whatever reason, it just feels weird to like post a picture of your face or post a video like talking to the camera. Um, well, this is where your like professionalism comes in. What do you mean? To, I just feel like you're so like, I don't know that I can show it with my hands, but nobody <laughs> can see my hands, but I just feel like you're so by the book and mm. like you have to make sure her hands were making a bulleted list <laughs> like one hand <laughs> tapping perpendicular to the other hand and making a list yeah so, that's so what and i, I even i remember like you working on showing your face more on your instagram and like me being behind the camera trying to <laughs> get you to like lighten yeah. up and it's yeah. not everything is not serious, but not everything has to be so. Oh yeah, that was a big, perfect. That was a big move for me. Um, and and even like the other day we were at an event, and I like reshot the video oh, like my ten gosh. times because I am because I like to polish I, things. <laughs> I and I kept trying to jump in and make a stupid yeah. joke, and he didn't like that very much. She was trying to be funny. <laughs> she was trying to be light I'm and not funny. keep it light. No, you were <laughs> funny. It was funny. I was being like you said, by the book or <laughs> meticulous or perfectionist or whatever you want to call it. But that is my tendency. And I've learned to... Um, Which is fine. Sure. I mean, it's just a personality trait. <laughs> I, at best, it's a personality trait. At worst, it's a personality flaw. But yeah, I think it is hard to show your face. But what Raphael told me was like, everybody else is posting feeds of t-shirts. Like if you show, if you put your face out there, then people know who you are and people are so much more likely to follow a person and people are so much more likely to engage with a person. Uh, well, and I think they want a story too. Right. I mean, like feeling like you're part of somebody's life. I mean, it's not that deep. No, but, but I'm it just is, trying to is. like, I don't really know how to explain what I'm but saying. But that's what but it like, is. Yeah. So I feel like to get more support for your business, it is a good idea to, obviously you don't want to put everything out there on the internet, but like just little things to make people feel like they can connect with you as a person. And yeah, that's so huge. Um, switching gears a little bit here. What is your favorite item to find? Um, I love finding single stitch tees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, any single stitch like obviously Harley Davidson is a big one that I get really excited about. You love a Screen Stars tag. Yes, I like Screen Stars a lot. Um any like 90s Disney. For those who don't know, Aaron owns a Harley Davidson and you said earlier like that was kind of your segue <laughs> into vintage. So yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I don't want to get too much on a rabbit trail, but like I used to buy a Harley t-shirt wherever we would travel to. Like I would go into a Harley store, buy a Harley t-shirt. For like 35 bucks yeah. or 40 bucks. For and shirt, like yeah. we moved to Texas. I went to Vagabond Vintage in Dallas and got like probably 10 Harley t-shirts like solid heart like yeah like, real bangers yeah and for not much money either and 
I love how they fit. I love how they feel. And I just, I don't even like wear my... Your new school ones. New anymore. school ones. They're just so like... Yeah, they're... I don't know. They're thick and stiff and mm-hmm. not yeah. comfortable. So Harley is a big thing for us. Yeah, which I don't think I found much like true vintage Harley and right. the thrift. It's hard to find. I feel like I've only been able to find it like online or through other resellers. Yeah, it's so recognizable that I think it doesn't last long in a thrift store, whether yeah. it's old or new. And not to mention like kids Harley Davidson is a lot more rare anyway just by being a kid size because if you go into a Harley dealership right now, there are hundreds of adult t-shirts at any one Harley dealer. Yeah. And then there's like a little tiny kid section with like a handful. I remember when Grayson was a baby and we were buying stuff for him at Harley dealerships, it was like they might have one baby piece like in the whole place. It makes me really happy that I got into this when we did because like vintage Harley kid pieces are just yeah. The absolute coolest. We we have a great little archive. I can't like <laughs> imagine just the stuff that they make for kids today is so cheesy. Like <laughs> Yeah, it really is. What's there's one new modern one that's like something about forced to walk or something. I just I hate cheesy Born, born to ride, forced to walk. I hate sayings <laughs> on baby butts like yeah. They don't need a tail well, on their bum. That's a very interesting <laughs> thing. And it's a, a bit of a rabbit trail. But like sometime around the early 2000s when we were kids, like quirky, kooky, ironic phrases on T-shirts became really big. I remember being in middle school and even elementary school. And like every boy's shirt was like about video games or I hate my sister <laughs> do you, you maybe you don't know because like it was a, such a boys thing but like ever since then the quirky phrases has been like a big trend for like the past like 10-15 years when we started shopping for Grayson when he was born like we would go into Carter's and like everything had a phrase on it every boy thing was like tough guy uh heartbreaker I'm going to like break the hearts of women and then every like <laughs> yeah that's on a good shirt <laughs> it really is like in a weird like coded way like future heartbreaker right, right, right. <laughs> and then every girl piece was like daddy's little princess or like I'm a dainty woman like and it's <laughs> I'm dead serious I'm dead serious like the gender role thing in kids clothing is like really big now and it, but w- like when we were that's like a whole nother topic well it is and that's uh, a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> that is, we can get into gender roles it is a whole nother podcast episode but i do think it's interesting that like one of the more recent trends in kids clothing is like the freight like the phraseology of shirts there's a little bit of that with vintage but like i feel like you're more likely to find like a cool pattern a cool image or like an animal like that that's more common in the vintage kids world than like uh daddy's little boy or something when our kids are our age 
where they're gonna like be in the thrift store and find an emoji shirt and freak out <laughs> like oh my gosh this is worth a hundred bucks it's a grail <laughs> <laughs> a poop emoji grail <laughs> <laughs> so tell me where you think Wayback Kids is going like what are some of your goals for the future of the shop I would love to see Wayback Kids in a freestanding store. Yes. Um, but I think Kids Vintage has a lot of work to do before we can get to that point. Right. Um, I think we've been trying to experiment different ways of selling Kids Vintage and, you know, we've gone to different cities to sell vintage and, that definitely has been an eye opener because I feel like on Instagram it's so big. Like, right, you have people from everywhere that want it, but it's a speci- like it's specific people that want it. It's not. It's not like everybody. Like there might be one person. Yeah, and in like a certain city, DFW, Dallas Fort Worth area where we do events. Vintage is so big here. Like, right, it's so big here, and I just feel like that's why we're so successful with events here because people are coming to shop for themselves and then they get to our booth and they're like, Oh shoot, kids vintage. Like didn't know that was a thing. And so then they buy for their kids, their nieces and nephews. We've had people buy for their dogs. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's just, so I feel like people have a lot to learn about kids vintage I don't think every place is quite there yet. I don't. It's just that the market needs to grow. Right. Market. That's the word I'm trying to find. And the market. So for the adult vintage world, the market has grown, right? Because um, even five years ago, like you, you couldn't really. I mean, there were some vintage shops around, right? But like they weren't like doing gangbusters where like now there's like, I mean, I don't know, like. 20 something on the low end just like in our direct area and like they're all growing fast and like expanding and it's like the culture is just growing so much whereas with kids vintage it's just not it's it's more niche and it's not there yet and a lot of people um haven't yet been kind of converted you know into the idea that you can wear secondhand even your kids can wear secondhand clothing Yeah, and I was going to say, I think that that's a hard thing for parents because when I got pregnant, I, Michael came home with a thrifted (laughs) item for Grayson and I told Michael, I was like, our kid is not going to wear used (laughs) clothes. Like, and I feel so awful saying that, (laughs) um, but that's my, that was my mindset and I'm so thankful that it's changed. Um, We save a lot of money. Yeah, and it's secondhand and we're helping the environment as well. And right. Well, it is an educational thing, right? Because like you said, when you had when we had Grayson, you're just like, oh, I'll never do it because like you think it's somehow like dirty or like, you know, you think there's like some DNA that's like coming with it. But it's (laughs) like if you're washing your clothing like you would, I mean, it's it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I'm glad that, like, I'm really into it. Yeah. Because we have a freaking cute kid. (laughs) And we do, and 
he's got some great uh some great pieces uh yeah great outfits but it's funny because sustainability is like a instagram buzzword right like it's very hipster to be sustainable and a lot of parents that i see that i follow on instagram talk about sustainability they talk about organic cotton they talk about bamboo like they get that part of it I'll just put it this way. I saw a mom a couple years ago post, did you know that like it's actually sustainable to go to a thrift store and find clothes for your kids? Like she was saying that like as if it was a revelation to her (laughs) and all the moms like that had commented were like, wait, really? Like that's sustainability? Like it just hadn't even crossed their mind because I think they had associated sustainability with like these, like this group of brands is sustainable because like they use less water in their production they had looked at it that way but they didn't even make the connection that like it's actually more sustainable to buy a garment that already exists than to create a new one with quote-unquote sustainable practices at play so another funny anecdote that kind of goes along with that is um, there's a store that we always pass in Austin on Congress that we walk by and like in the window there's like a poster that says the only thing more sustainable than shopping here is being naked (laughs) and it's supposed to be clever and it is like kind of funny but then I'm like wait a minute they're saying the only thing more sustainable than buying a new garment is not is like not wearing any clothes but they're like skipping the most sustainable thing which is don't buy a new garment like just wear something that you already have or buy something secondhand. So it's kind of just interesting how like the concept of sustainability can be so misunderstood. And so like you said, I think we just have to do whatever we can to educate the parents on what it looks like to dress your kid in secondhand clothing. Yeah. Yeah, and I would I would love to like try to do a pop-up in like a children's boutique or something where parents are already shopping to kind of show that like vintage is a thing for kids and yeah because those are the people that I think would buy in because they are already there with like I want to support a a small business yeah they're already there with like I'm down with sustainability I want like organic fibers or whatever and they're already like there with like I'm putting thought into what I'm putting on my kid I'm not just like buying everything from Walmart you know not nothing against Walmart but it's mass produced oh you have something against Walmart (laughs) I don't like Walmart guys (laughs) (laughs) but but seriously it's not like they're just buying everything at a big box store they're like trying to be thoughtful about what they're buying their kid so I think if you could kind of get to those those parents those folks and like tap into the nostalgia and say like hey remember alf (laughs) remember et like these things that like you grew up with like you can kind of relive those memories with your kid it's sustainable but it's also nostalgia yeah so i i really do hope that one day it can get to the point where we could have a store for kids vintage clothing um but I also hope Wayback Kids can be just a place where people come for resources. I hope that it's a safe place where people 
feel they can come and ask us questions about vintage and just anything um i just want to i just want to be there for people and yeah well you mentioned earlier like just wanting to help other people out and i think that's like something that i really admire about you is like you've always kind of been that that person for people of like i'm here to i'm not here to just compete with you you know um i think of like when we were coming up in music like also a very competitive industry a competitive field um i think we both tried to have that mentality of like i'm not really trying to be in competition with anybody else i'm just trying to um do what i do and like if i can help someone along the way like you know that'd be great not not to pat ourselves on the back but i think it's something that you know a value that you and i both kind of share i think those are both great long-term goals what are some short-term goals that you have uh for the shop I think a short-term goal that I have is to be more consistent. I think I struggle. I do really well at posting and listing on the website for a while. And then I tend to kind of like have moments where I just fall off and don't post or don't list. And so I feel like that's a short-term goal and a quick goal that I can reach is to just be more consistent. Even if I have to list one item, like, you know, I hear people say, don't let the dishes pile up in the kitchen. Just put, put your dishes in the dishwasher as you go. Even if you know, you're washing like three dishes, just if that's all you have time for, if that's all you can handle at the moment, then do it. And so I feel like I should be able to take that into this business as well. Like if I only have time to get to one shirt that day, like do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good advice um, to yourself and to <laughs> anyone who might be listening. Like um, consistency is key, but consistency is also hard. Like, because our lives aren't consistent, right? Like, especially being, you know, if you have kids, <laughs> if you have a family, like, um, it can be really tough to try to post one thing a day or list one thing a day, but, um, yeah, I sometimes feel like a wimp. Cause like there's people <laughs> out there that are doing it with so many more kids than I have. And like, <laughs> man, yeah. I'm just like, I'm tired. Yeah. And I well, just, everybody has their stuff and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it can be super tough, but encouraging words to just, you know, keep going and, just keep swimming exactly just keep listing (laughs) there you go Um, don't go thrifting yeah that's a good one um which leads me into our lightning round (laughs) uh okay so lightning round um the first question how big is your death pile how much room is there in our garage to walk around (laughs) Yeah, Not we, much. I can kind of answer this because we <laughs> share the business, but our death pile is large, to yeah. say the least. And if anyone has tips on organization, hit the DMs because your girl needs help. I don't know how people stay organized yeah. in a storage unit and then also do shows every weekend. 
because stuff is just constantly coming in and out. Yeah. It's tough. What is your favorite flip to date? I feel like I need to scroll through my Instagram. I have horrible memory. You know that. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say yeah. I have horrible memory. <laughs> I think my favorite thing that I have flipped is from our very first Wayback Kids drop. Everybody knows that I got really into <laughs> character rompers on Grayson this summer. Yes. In our very first drop, I sold a Lion King romper. Mm-hmm. And I think about that romper often. <laughs> we all have those items that we sold early on and just for whatever reason did not fully appreciate them at the time and then you look back and you're like oh why did i sell that yeah we also um sold a really sick space jam crew neck yes the pink one yeah yeah man i i priced that thing so high because i wasn't ready to let go of it <laughs> and then it sells right away and this dad, <laughs> yeah this dad came through with his daughter and she said i want that and he said okay and sometimes are i you, mean are you sure you don't want this one over here no, <laughs> and we hadn't even photographed it yet because i'm pretty sure you took a picture of it on the swap meet floor of like yeah i need to get a picture just so i can document that this exists yeah it's funny how parents are and i'm can say that because i'm one of them but it's funny how like when your kid wants something it's just like okay like name, name your price i mean not always but like a lot of times it, you know if grayson finds something that he latches on to we're like yeah we'll get you know we'll, we'll get it for especially him. at events like that i think parents yeah. are more willing it's a buying to, event anyway yeah. so people are kind of in that buying mood and it's cool because it's like nostalgic for the parents and you see your kid getting into it as well like that's like super exciting oh yeah absolutely what is your current iso and for the layman iso is in search of i actually posted an iso today on facebook oh really <laughs> yeah in thrift flips thrift flips um i'm on the search for a christmas crew neck for grayson because it is the holidays yes um i feel like i found our halloween one so late that i didn't get to enjoy it <laughs> on him yeah the seasonal stuff is really weird because like there's a couple weeks where like everyone is looking for the same thing yeah. and then there's like another 50 weeks that no one is looking for that thing <laughs> <laughs> i'm also in search of carhartt and like i would love well i want him to have a jacket a carhartt jacket this winter but i don't right. want tan like i want yeah tan i would love that bluish green color tan is like the most common yeah color for sure i really loved having him in like carhartt oh he had a red pair of carhartt overalls last winter oh yeah and we that. would layer it with like a knit sweater it was so stinking cute great fit this isn't very lightning fast huh? <laughs> well it's okay <laughs> it's just the ideas that we're going through the questions in a more formulaic way rather <laughs> than being conversational and i have to try not to be conversational and <laughs> go down a million rabbit trails yeah michael talks a lot folks like mm, what? if you ever tell me that michael is a quiet human i'm going to tell you you're wrong <laughs> i'm an introvert but 
I'm an <laughs> I, I'm a public facing introvert, but to those who know me, I'm very extroverted. I have Is to ask fair? him to be quiet sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I've learned. And, uh, that sounds so mean. <laughs> how, no, it's not mean. How many years have we been married? We've been married three. So I've learned in three and years. I've learned in three and a half years um, that sometimes I just have to say, "Hey, Aaron." Am I talking too much? <laughs> or what's more common is I just say, oh, I'm talking too much. And then you just kind of nod. And, I'm and like, he okay. realizes because he's I, been talking for like 15 minutes and I, I have realize, yet to say one word. I realized 15 minutes too late <laughs> Yeah, that I've been recording an hour podcast <laughs> in my mind. Uh, okay. In-person thrifting or online sniping. Ooh, online sniping. Yeah, Just, you've been you've been uh you've been online sniping a lot more frequently these days. Oh really? Yeah. Right? I mean when we first started, I don't know that we bought a whole lot online to resell. Yeah. I honestly don't remember the last time I was in a thrift store. Uh same. <laughs> we went thrifting in Kansas City a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I feel like online it's a little easier because you can look specifically for what you want. Right. And but I do miss the joy of like the serotonin of finding something. Yeah, in the I wild. do miss finding something, but I get really discouraged in this area. Like I think that's why I stopped going out. Like there's just so many. I just feel like I never find anything. So many pickers. Yeah. And I am, I'm the worst at comparison. Like I look at other people's Instagram stories that I feel like literally find something so amazing every single day in their thrifts. And like, I feel yeah. like it takes me months to find just one amazing item here. Yeah. I'm also bad with comparison and I think it's hard to look at what other people are doing, but as cliche as it sounds, I think, the first solution is just to not try not to compare yourself to other people as, as basic and uh, easy as that sounds. It's definitely easier said than done, but you also have to remember that like Instagram is kind of the highlight reel and people are posting like they're only posting the crazy stuff. You know, people aren't always posting like the bread and butter mids that you find all the time. Yeah. Well, with that, um, are there any, do you have any closing uh, thoughts or words of wisdom? Have fun. I'm going to leave it at that. Hey, thanks again for giving this podcast a listen. You can help us to get off the ground by subscribing on whichever podcast platform you use and rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. And if you know someone creating a unique shop or brand related to vintage clothing who you think would make a good guest for our show, feel free to let me know at Slater Thrifts on Instagram. If you want to keep up with this podcast, you can follow at Canned Heat Pod on IG. I'm going to try to use that page more as this show grows. Well, that's the show. I'm Michael Slater. Don't forget to wash cold and hang dry.